Dakota. It's good to have you here with us today, and today we're going to be talking about the gospel assigned for the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost, which is Luke 21, verses 5 through 19. And in Luke 21, we have Jesus telling the destruction of the temple. It's a foretelling is uh, what I have as the title for this little section in verses five and six, where some, some, it says in the gospel, we're not really quite sure if they're disciples, if it's a whole group of folks that have decided to follow Jesus at that time. And regardless, some of them were looking at the temple and, and how beautiful it was and how just amazing it was. And it was apparently from historical accounts, it was a beautiful building. It was beautifully constructed and the best stones and there was gold um, leaf that was all around uh, everywhere on it. If you've ever seen anything like that, that's just amazing. It's striking. It's beautiful. And and you can only imagine how beautiful the temple was back in the first century AD. But Jesus tells them, Kind of a bummer thing, really, as he says, as as for these things, you see that they won't be up there anymore. All these things will be thrown down. And so they get a little nervous and they say, when, when is this going to happen? And Jesus goes into this apocalyptic kind of understanding where he says that, you know, these things are, are going to take place. We're going to hear about war and we're going to hear about um earthquakes and there's going to be famine, there's going to be plagues, there's going to be, you know, dreadful things that's going to happen and even signs from heaven. But before this, there's going to be great persecution by you just because you are not by you really, um, for you, just because you are a follower of Jesus and the way. So this isn't very comforting, at least at first glance, type of a talk from Jesus. And and I think it's important for us to kind of understand the context of what Jesus is talking about, the context in which Luke discusses and and makes these things clear to his readers and the audience that he's talking to. So I think that gives us a little bit of a sense of of maybe what we can do and and hear the good news that Jesus is trying to relate 
to the people that have gathered around him and, and the followers that are there. So Jesus is now in Jerusalem. For the majority of Pentecost, we've heard stories of Jesus in the travel narrative. And now as we wind down our church year, we know, and because we're in the latter chapters of Luke, that the travel journey is over and he is has arrived into Jerusalem. And just like he's always done throughout his ministry, he continues to teach. And here he's teaching them about you know, some of the things that they might be clinging to that might be misplaced or definitely are temporary. In the literary context of this gospel, uh, in chapter 19 in Luke, right before this section we, we heard today is when Jesus drives out all of the people in the temple for corrupt business practices. And basically what they were doing is they were selling sacrificial animals, which were required by the faith in order to be used as atonement of your sins. And so they would, would come in, they would get an unfair exchange rate. Now you could buy, you know, either doves or, or lambs, depending on, on how wealthy you were. And at that time, the, the, more expensive, you know, the better sacrifice it was and the better offering you had for the temple. But regardless of whatever animal you decided to purchase, if you didn't have your own, which most people didn't, they had to come and they had to buy one, they would get a really awful exchange rate. So you would be giving even more to the temple than it was probably worth for that animal that you had to sacrifice. And so Jesus knows that that's what's going on. So he's a little upset about it. If anybody ever says that Jesus isn't upset in the gospels, well, just turn to this story. He gets a little irritated. I mean, he flips over the tables in the gospel of John and has a, has a, has a whip in some of the gospel accounts. So it's Jesus is pretty upset. Well, in turn, that upsets the people who are in charge of the temple. And it's this action that um, ramps up the tensions against Jesus. You can feel the, the literary tension just starting to ramp up. You can sense the suspense starting to build in Luke's gospel. People get more demanding with their questions. Um, those in authority attempt to trap him so they can haul him away to be killed and Jesus then denounces those who view faith as merely a performative act and says that the woman who gave two coins into the offering was the one who was faithful. So that brings us to today's text, where we hear Jesus speak words of signs of things to come and the destruction of not only the temple, but also of Jerusalem. So this is Jesus's last instance of public teaching in the gospel of Luke before he is uh, sent to the cross and the trial and his death and resurrection. So it's, it's kind of disturbing actually, not, not just the, uh, the things that happened to Jesus, but actually what Jesus says will happen, not only about the conflicts that will occur between peoples, but also natural disasters. So he talks about, in order, war, earthquakes, famines, epidemics, 
and signs in the skies. Now you can hear, I hope, some echoes to the book of Revelation. It's Remember, it's one revelation, according to John, right? It's not plural. I mean, that's just the, the pastor and me uh, getting tired of people saying revelations. It's, it's just one revelation. And, you know, th- th- this should sound like revelation because just like revelation, this is a description of an apocalypse. An, an apocalypse depicts the end of the world as we right now experience it. Not not the end of the world as we know it, but something else. Thank you, REM. This is an apocalypse which describes historical events set in the context of God's purposes. So they tell us that God is up to something even in the midst of great loss, terror, and destruction. So an apocalypse takes something tragic and juxtaposes it, puts it right alongside something hopeful. So in this case, what we have that is tragic is the loss of the temple. So near as we can tell, Luke's gospel was written around 10 years after the destruction of the temple for the people of Israel. This was a a very, very big deal. I mean, the temple was their centerpiece of God's presence and of their faith. So it's important to note, I think, before we get into some of the nitty gritty of it, that Luke wrote this gospel in the shadow of a whole nation that had been invaded, assimilated, and under the control and watchful, watchful eye of another empire. The temple was all that they had left of their, of their identity. These people who had lived in Jerusalem probably for a few generations and worshiped there, and this was the place that signified and was to them the presence of God. It was all they had hung on to. And now it was gone. And Jesus says in this gospel that 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 place where you know clearly who God is, that's going to be gone. Right? I mean, that, that would be, that would be awful to hear. There'll be nothing left. And so I think the hearers of Luke's gospel would feel that pain, that loss, that hurt of knowing that everything they loved and cared for, everything that made up their whole identity was gone. Now, our ancestors, no matter who we are in this country of the United States, have all in some place in our history, had to sacrifice something in order to be here. Whether it's Native Americans or immigrants, we've all had to give something up in order for this country to be created. So the things that we knew and things that we knew as our identity, things that we held on to dearly, in this case for Native Americans, it's gone. And for people who are immigrants, you had to give up the place that you knew as home. You had to go out into a world that you didn't know that that was violent, that was uh, 
uh, harsh, that was unpredictable, that was chaotic. You had to get up and your ancestors had to leave to go to a place where they had hope. To go to a place to make, make something that they could cling to, that they could call their own. And so I think that what Jesus is trying to say and what Jesus is trying to do is to give people the sense of God's presence for them through him and through the spirit. That they're, even though these physical things are going to be gone, God is still here, right? We don't, we don't cling to temporal things. We cling to the things that are of faith. We cling to the things that we cannot see. We cling to our relationship that God has created and continues to sustain through us, for us, through Jesus Christ. And so our identity isn't now of, of some place far away or of some thing long ago. It is our unity in Christ, the one who defeated death, the one who has destroyed our sin, and the one who has been resurrected to new life. And this is the one that because of that act has given us new life as well. So Jesus, in the midst of this, points out the way that things were in this apocalypse and points to a new thing, a new thing that no one can take away from you, a new thing that will always be with you because God always keeps God's promises out of all the things that change in this world and of all of the things that are unpredictable, the one thing that does not change is that God has made a promise to you. This promise comes clearly to us in the person of Jesus Christ who walks with us each and every day. So when we hear these stories of, of war, of famine, of pestilence, of Epidemics that we've just walked through, remember that God is still with us and that these things have happened over the course of human history. And even though things may feel dark and even though things may feel lost, God remains. God remains with us. God remains even though things will come and go. Our identity is in the cross and our salvation.